Hello and welcome to the smallest game in town. Hi, I am Valerio and I find it hard to be aggressive. Hi, I'm Ray and I too find it hard to be aggressive, but I've learned that to win at poker, you need to be. Ray, is it important to be aggressive at a poker table? Yeah, I think so. I think um, you can survive at a table by being passive, but I think to be a long-term winner, I'm pretty sure you have to show some sort of aggression. So an example, how you are aggressive, just with your face like... Oh, I think um, actions speak louder than words. So I think it's about raising rather than calling. It's about three betting, so re-raising somebody who's opened the betting. I think it's about betting, bluffing and showing aggression by your actions more than anything else. So what you do is just you don't want the other guy betting for you. You want to lead the betting. I think it's been shown that if you have the betting lead, you probably win more long term than being the passive caller or limper. But sometimes it can be double edges. Yeah. Sometimes you can lose a big hand just overdoing it. Well, I mean, you're testament to that, aren't you? Happened to you the other game, the other Friday, where you tried to bully me out of a pot. <laughs> I happened to have a good hand. Yeah, it happens to everyone. You try also last week to bully out uh, Mark uh, with a pair or two, a pair or is, and they went all down to the to the river to see your cards. Then it's something that happened to every one of us. It's a bad feeling because you realize only at the end that you were hyper-aggressive, probably. Yeah, I think you can take it too far. And I think one of the, you know, the skills of a good poker player is to be able to balance between being aggressive, being more passive, uh, and knowing, I suppose, knowing when you're beaten. I mean, I think we all suffer from that sort of delusion sometimes that we are better than our opponent and that that they can't have good cards. But of course, they have the same right to good cards that we have. It looks like if you are too aggressive, you cannot take it back. When you are, you're just doing and then at the end you realise, oh, can I take it back? No, it's done. The damage is done. It's like uh, with thinking about playing uh, chess. If you sometimes you can be too aggressive and pushing your pawns, mm-hmm. but you cannot bring your pawns back because the pawns go only forwards. And you feel you are overexposed to the attack of the opponents. It's uh, aggression in chess can be also double edge. Yeah, I think that's a good analogy. Actually, mm-hmm. it's like when you've started raising and betting big on the earlier betting rounds and then you're getting to the turn the pot's already gotten pretty big and you you feel committed don't you and that's when you you say those magic words i'm all in (laughs) yeah and the other guy calls you and yeah it's rebuy time sometimes there is no other options you have to go all in at that point and then yeah you feel like to go all in but we've got a mix of players at our table and some of them are 
more aggressive than others. You know, do you think that impacts on their win rate? Uh, yes, I think so. And we can also check the, uh, the statistics. The aggressive player is at the top and the passive players is at the bottom in our, in our game. And uh, the, the one in the middle are sometimes aggressive no, or hyper-aggressive as well. You, you, can, you need a really good balance of aggression and mm. sometimes understand that is not the case now because you'll be bullying the table all around and uh, it just time to stay put still and wait for the other option. It's good to understand uh, the, what people see, how people see you at the table sometimes and if they see you uh, as bluffing, there is no point to bluff, uh, to be too aggressive because you you got someone playing against you and try to punish you and then you don't want to find out, the people find out that you don't have anything at the river in those cases. Yeah, I think, um, I think we've got some players who pre-flop play quite passively. They want to see a lot of flops, so they, they limp a lot. And I'm a big fan fan of raising pre-flop I, I i i suppose i like being aggressive when the bets really aren't that big so i think you can show a lot of aggression and you get good value from it because you're not really putting lot big bets in in later streets of betting when the bets start to get big i think that's when you really do need to show good judgment as to how you uh, you know how big you should make your bets or whether you should bet at all I think we've seen some players bet quite big on the river and the only way they're going to get called is by a hand that's going to beat them. Yeah, I think pre-flop is good to, to, to bet big, especially if you're a tight player, just to understand also what kind of hands has got your opponent, the other player. So I think... You want to make people pay or isolate when you got a premium hand. You want to bet big just to isolate a player one-to-one against someone. I think you're right. I think I don't think there's really any hand that wants to play against a, a, a large field of players. If you can get heads up with somebody, that's, that's a good result, I think. So I think there's a good reason for being aggressive pre-flop to narrow down the field. Yeah, I, I, would, I would definitely agree with that. So pre-flop is good to be aggressive just to understand what you're doing. Where are you now? And then after you got a flop, you can continue to be aggressive or not. Depends especially on the opponents as well. Because sometimes you got a tight player that is folding almost every hand, then you really, if you are in position or out of position, whatever, you can have a continuation bet. Mm. And then but equally, if the guy is going to fold probably, and then you take the pot. But equally, that tight player, if he calls your bets, you've got to watch out because you know, he might not raise you with a good hand, but his call almost certainly means he's got a good hand. But that's the reason why you bet. You want to know if he has got a good bet, uh, hand or not. And when he calls you, you know that he has got something good. And then you don't push further. You just 
yeah. let it go. I think sometimes you've, you, I mean, we make the comment about players when we start a game and we say, oh, he's really bullying the table. And it might just be that he's getting a lot of good cards and he's hitting a lot of flops and he's betting. And, you know, you know that normally he's never as aggressive as this. And you're trying to work out whether has he changed his style. And a lot of the time it is simply that he's just getting good cards. Just fluctuation. It's easy to be aggressive when you have good cards. Yeah. Last session, Carl started very strongly, and we know Carl is tight. And but we thought, well, is he changing his strategy? Was like because it was not just the first hand, it just was mm. raising the first three hands. And look, like, wow, it's changing. But this was just a fluctuation of luck, and then it was complete, very tight, and at the end. I, I think one of the things we've in the past, we've had certain players in our game who have been complete bullies. Um, and and I, I don't say that in a nasty way, but I mean, they've, they've played a lot of hands, but they've played them for raises and re-raises. And that makes the game very different to the sort of quiet, gentle game where people are limping along and calling. When you get a player at the table who basically announces his presence by a lot of betting activity, changes the character completely. How do you deal with a bully? Depends on what kind of bully is. If he's like a maniac or he's bullying but he's doing in a clever way. If he's like a maniac, always bullying all the time, loose player, bullying, maniac, then you just have to wait for the... Nuts, best hands. Not only the nuts, good hands. Best big pair on the flop. And then you can go all in, calling every, everything. If there is something a little bit tighter, you know that has got some kind of premium hand, then you have to be a little more careful. Yeah. Even the bully can get a pair of aces sometimes. And that's the, that's when they're really dangerous, when they actually do get a good hand make a good connection with the flop and they're playing like they've always been playing betting and raising yeah but he's going to happen but you cannot allow he's going to win 90 uh, percent of the time he's going to be crap and and 10 percent then you're going to win all, most of the time and then you cannot be careful only because one end can be aces. You just have to go for it. You, you are going to, there are some kind of little fluctuation, but in the long run, you, you are going to make a lot of chips just to play, just to call, especially mm. with big, big, big hands. Maybe you can fold, if it's upper aggressive, you know that it's going to be like this. You're waiting for your time. Then you are not going to call with a small pair probably also not with a big pair, with a back kicker. But when you got a big pair with a good kicker or, or a set, then you know that you are ahead, then you don't care. Of course, yeah. I mean, I I've think when I think about how I used to play poker to how I play now, I do play more aggressively. And I kind of, how did I get there? You know I mean, how do you take, take a passive player like me? I used to be a tight pa passive player, only played premium hands and, and, and waited till I had the nuts and so on. How do you take a, a, a knit like I used to be and, and turn them into a, a more aggressive, more loose player, a more dangerous player? 
Yeah, I think we are going to have an episode about comfort zone because sometimes when you are in it, you, you play in a box, in a comfort zone, you feel comfortable. Then it just slowly you have to start maybe with a, some continuation betting, a little more aggressive. And when you feel that it's all right to do continuation betting, then you can expand and be a little more aggressive after just to build up on mm. this. I think the continuation betting probably was how I, I start first started thinking, oh, I, I've raised with my hand, I've missed the flop, and in the past I would play, play fit or fold poker and just check mm. it. But now I can think, well, no, I'll, I'll try a continuation bet if things look good uh, and take the pot down. I think when you, when you have some success, you go, oh, that worked, you know. The other guy didn't have anything and he folded to my continuation bet. Mm. So I certainly that would be one thing. And then I started dabbling in three betting and uh, not just with aces or kings, but with a wider range. Mm. And I think sometimes that backfires, obviously, because the other guy has a good hand. But other times you put a lot of pressure on people. And I think it's when you see the effect of aggression on people, you start realising that's the way to go. Yeah. And the more you do it, the more you understand when it's going to backfire to you. And then you understand how to play certain kind of hands. Yeah. More comfortable. I think, you know, the big river bluff is something that we don't see that much in our game. And I think that is sort of, a, you know, a rare occurrence. And there's a reason for that, I think. Uh, because normally if people are getting to the river and a lot of money has gone in, they normally have got a good hand and trying to bluff them off it is, uh, dare I say, it, a very dangerous thing to do. So I think at the table, our table, you are the most aggressive. I'm aggressive as well, but I think you are more, you, go, you know more when to be aggressive in the right time. And you read a little bit better because probably you've been doing more practicing, more aggression, uh, especially three betting from the blinds. Yeah, that is I, something that I do less. Uh, you do quite a lot. The last two sessions, three sessions, I didn't see you doing too much. Before a little bit more, but I think it's good also to change a little bit during session. You cannot be always hyper aggressive because you get players going after two. Maybe also it's about card fluctuation. You had a very good card sometimes. I mean, that, that session we had at your place where I got pocket kings about four times. Yeah. And I, it was easy to be aggressive when you yeah. keep getting dealt premium hands. Yeah. But also we were five-handed, I think. But when we play four-handed, there's not a lot of raising going on. So there's not a lot of opportunity for three betting. So we were four-handed at the time. Yeah, because Mark was not playing. I think we were at your pl at your place. Ah no, yeah, no, we there were five, 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 five yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark so, came. Yeah, he decided to to come after after all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think um, yeah, you have to look at the lineup. You have to look at how many people are playing and what the opportunities are. And I I try and vary it, but you know it's a constantly moving target because. 
that's the beauty of it, isn't it? People don't play the same all the time and they mm. react to how you are. If you're being aggressive, then they, you know, they might just say, I'm going to wait my chance here um, and play back at Ray when I've actually made a hand and catch him. And that can happen. So is it good to, when you are aggressive, no? Sometimes you show your cards, you can be from the blinds, just to show you're being aggressive with nothing. Because sometimes you really want that you, you, you are aggressive, but you want, with a good hands, you want people conning you. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think because we play together all the time, understanding how people are playing We, you build up a whole sort of library of experiences with people to see them always raising and then only showing down good cards. You, you kind of pigeonhole them. And I think certainly if I've gone through several hands where I've raised and everyone has folded, I might well play, play some garbage hands. And then if I, they all fold, I'll, I'll show them because I hope I'm going to get called when I've got really good cards. Mm hmm. So do you think um, the, the passive option in our game, you can actually win long term? I think the best you can get uh, out of it is break even. Mm -hmm. you, cannot, you cannot win, especially because in the passive way, you are not building up the pot and then you will get uh, good hands. You are going to win a small pot. Uh, when you lose, you got to lose a small pot. Then it's not good to have a, to you. are not going to have a payoff. Yeah, if you think about the biggest pots we've had in our game, it's tended to involve at least an aggressive player. You know, one aggressive player. Yes, especially uh, from the start, <laughs> a pre-flop with a three bet, and then uh, you start bidding from there, yeah. and then it can get big. Uh, I mean, I, I should say we start with 100 big blinds as our stack. So, yeah, to get 100 big blinds in before the river is quite hard, and it normally needs it to be a three bet pot. And usually when you start with premium hands, good hands, you want to build up the plots. The guy that is more like playing 90% of the hands, he doesn't like to build a big pot from the beginning because he cannot go to the river. Usually you, you want to see the river with the bad starting hands mm. just to, to see if you, you can improve your hand. But the one with the Premium hand has to be aggressive and just premium hands. I say not only ace, ace, king, king, queen, queen, also good connectors. Sometimes there are people just playing uh, any, any, anything, mm. also uh, queen and seven suited. Yeah, or ace and a little card yeah. with it. Yeah, not suited. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, get, we have players playing all sorts of cards. Yeah. I think it's all. 